1: Who that? Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them say? Who that? Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them say? Who that? Who that? Yeah. Huh? Boogie like Benson, I'm a hoodat. I'm a hoodat. Long as I'm living, I'm a hoodat. Lose or winnin', I'm a hoodat. Post coma, yeah, this is where we do that. Where we do that. <laughs> We do that, yeah. Where we do, do that? that, where we do that, where we do that, at? huh? Yeah. Boogie like and I'm a hoot I'm a hoot that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, 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 welcome. Somebody please better help. help. Running this thing like else. Like thank God every day I'm not, a I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. guys. If you ain't ride or die, die. the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in. That was way for the ring. I was yelling out the chain for the championship. Huh. Bucking on town, duck down. Ain't much to touchdown. touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. So now. much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Yeah. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, yeah. when things seem fishy then you probably smell. The crooked yeah. referees are Roger Cadell. Yeah. yeah. like this and I'm a hoota. Hoot Every day I'm living I'm a hoota. Hoot Lose or winning, I'm, I'm a hoota. Hoot it's, hoot it's the sports coma. This is where we, do that. Where, we do that. where 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 we do that. Boogie like this and I'm a hoota.
0: Shout out to the body who that nation, man. We in here representing the great Saint Thank Tank, and like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys, where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. What's popping? Shout out to the fam. Appreciate y'all for being in this episode of uh, Coffee with Q uh, Sunday morning coming at you guys. You know, we're going to talk about some of the moves the Saints are making, man. And um, on the offensive side of the ball, as they look to kind of improve upon uh, the flaws and the failings of last year. So very interesting developments. I have several updates I'm going to go over and some of the news that have happened in this episode of the show. So please feel free to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. By all means, feel free to share the show on your social media feed Shout out to the fam. Appreciate each and every last one of y'all for being in this thing. Much love to the fam. All right. So, anyway, fam, what's really interesting about this whole development is that the Saints, man, when we talk about the Clint Kubiak uh hire they're planning to do, this is in um this is going full circle. What I mean by that, if you go back into your great same thing tank historian mind you remember that originally the saints wanted to sign gary kubiak the father of clint kubiak and this was around the time when they were coming out of the katrina thing and um they're looking for the next head coach and it was between two guys it was between uh kubiak the father and sean payton at the time the difference was They uh, Tom Benson, he was very adamant about it. He wanted Gary Kubiak because of his resume. Kubiak was a quarterback that won uh, championships as a backup. He was with John Elway on those championship teams. He also was an offensive coordinator with championships on his resume with the Broncos years after that. And he wanted Kubiak. The problem was, so did Houston. Houston wanted Kubiak, too. And Kubiak wanted to go to New Orleans. But what he did was he took the deal that Houston gave him and see if he and to see if he can leverage that with the Saints and Tom Benson refused to pay the money and he went to Sean Payton. That's how we ended up with Payton. This is I know it ain't romanticized, but it was a pairing. You know I often talk about this because I pull all the romanticism out of it. It shouldn't be in there anyway, but I pull all of it out of it and say this is really how it happened. It's not like they seen Sean Payton like it was a match made in heaven. No, they wanted Gary Kubiak first. But anyway, you see what happened now. The Saints have ultimately kind of not abandoned. I don't want to say they abandoned uh, the philosophies that happened of Sean Payton with his top acolyte and Pete Carmichael It just didn't work. So now that that's over with the team is deciding to go in a different direction and they're going back to the Kubiaks. <laughs> so in some way it's, it's always full circle, isn't it? It's, it's pretty cool. So the Saints ply, plan on hiring 49ers clint kubiak of course the 49ers are in that bowl they're in the bowl where the saints want to be but he's there and soon as the super bowl is over with in what another week or so that they will make the hiring official and i actually think it's a pretty good plan to do that because Kubiak's system is a very successful brand of offensive football throughout the league he has several different acolytes that's running his system throughout the nfl and it could work for the saints now of course uh it has the Moniker of being a QB friendly system, similar to what Sean Payton's brand of offense was, but ultimately it didn't translate in success fast enough last year, offensively speaking. So we're gonna talk about that today. We to also talk about the the uh, Saints getting rid of, or getting, uh basically uh, turning down, or uh, let's see what what happened. Okay, basically the Saints getting rid of or uh, ending. Uh, their uh their uh, uh i guess relationship with doug marone that was one that came out which should have been one of the first things that we ultimately talked about them doing them getting rid of doug marone you know i thought that should have been something that should have happened uh really first because the offensive line was awful it was terrible and uh that's what ended up happening so we'll talk about that today all right shout out to rock man appreciate y'all being in the stream man much love to you appreciate you rock for becoming a new member of the channel thank you sir thank you thank you
1: thank you far too kind Uh
0: all right thank you bro appreciate you yes indeed yeah what's up ron good to see i mean brother Dom, excuse me uh big ups to you saying the kubiaks yeah they they can coach oh yeah good good very good signing by the saints right there i was looking at brian Breesy, uh not Breesy, greasy uh, it being that could you imagine we got a Brian, Br- well, a Brian, Bersi and the Brian Greasy, but Greasy, I was looking at him uh, in terms of that, but they ultimately zeroed in on Clint Kubiak wasn't which wasn't a bad move. I actually can appreciate that. All right, big ups to the fan. Appreciate y'all. If y'all can hear me pretty well hit one in the chat, man, I've been having some issues um, in terms of, uh, you know, my, my my studio has been having issues. So if y'all, if y'all having any issues hear me, just let me know and we'll keep this thing twisting and turning. So, all right, big ups to the fam. All right, what's up, Nola Lagoon? Good to see you, brother. Jamal, shout out to you. Good to see you. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, we only got one dude right now, bro. So, <laughs> they're doing the slow motion dance right now. Right now, as they could tell, they're doing the slow motion dance on some of this stuff, man. So, the Saints ultimately took their time in hiring, and Mickey Loomis did say as much that they would take their time hiring and they really did that and I think they made a good hire here now you know we'll go over this story as well so let's kind of delve into the story right here Uh, if I can get it to show up here I'm having issues on my computer here all right y'all just bear with me just a second all right sorry about that family uh all right Saints plan to hire 49ers Clint Kubiak as offensive coordinator New Orleans Saints planning to take you know of course he's in the Super Bowl, so they'll wait, but it seems to be a done deal. Saints are planning to make him, uh, hot, planning to make 49ers passing game specialist Clint Kubiak their new offensive coordinator. Shep reported that, uh, this past week. The Niners play, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So the Saints are looking for that offensive coordinator since moving on from Pete Carmichael early in the month. And Carmichael did a very predictable move. These people are so predictable. Carmichael ran up under Sean Payton like everybody and his mama knew he would. And if it was a bet, you bet that bet on um, with the casino. You probably would have made a few dollars with that move because it's so predictable, man. These people can't. Some of these guys can't survive on their own. You know, there's there, there, It's like so many jobs in the NFL. They're coaching, head coaching jobs. What Carl Michael do? He runs up under Sean Payton. That's what he does. That's what some of these guys do. He, he ran right to him. Although the Saints finished 11th in the passing offense this season, they struggled to score in the red zone. At times under QB Derek Carr, they elected to replace Carmichael and several other offensive assistants after missing the playoffs for the third straight season. Kubiak is one of a number of coaches the Saints have looked at for their vacant coordinated position. They also showed interest in former Chicago Bear Offensive Coordinator Luke Getze. Rams quarterback's coach Zach Robinson ultimately took the the deal in Atlanta, Baltimore wide receiver, Greg Lewis, Houston Texans quarterback and coach, quarterbacks coach, Jared Johnson and former Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron and Bengals quarterbacks, coach Dan pitcher, who was promoted to their coordinator role. Saints quarterback coach, Ronald Curry was also a candidate. We all, we realized that we looked at the, the stuff that could happen with Ronald Curry. We kind of figured that that would probably be something that wouldn't happen for the Saints in terms of them uh, having Uh, or picking up Ronald Curry. They didn't seem to want to go to him last year, even in uh, a temporary, uh, you know, a temporary mindset. They didn't even use him last year. When you could see that those guys wasn't responding to Pete Carmichael's direction, switch it up, do something different. They didn't even do that. They, uh, They elected not to do it. They elected to keep it all the same. That's why I just disrespect these people so much. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm serious because all of this was a, a a time wasting exercise anybody knows that's running a business or running a company know when things don't work right you have to be able to adjust and do your buried adjust and do something don't just sit up there and keep doing the same thing and that's why I disrespect them so much so because they because even though we have the memories to understand why you feel because you did not adjust you didn't change the play caller you could have did it in season. It could have yielded different results. A new play caller there could have gotten you an extra win. You know, it could have changed things a little bit. And they they elected to do not do anything. And there was pressure from for them to do it. So they couldn't say like, oh, we didn't know. There was pressure. There was commentary from the reporters that was saying, you know, you such and such, such, such. There was lies being implemented and said that we're going to do this, that, and third. That's why I disrespect them, disrespect them so much. This was all a giant time-wasting exercise. And now it's being painted like it was issues here, there, or the third. These guys are not doing what they're supposed to do when they are supposed to do them. And then when they fall out of the window, then they want to do something. They are late to the party all the time. You can't win like this. So you thinking I can change this, do this, switch this around, but do they change the mentality of operating in the moment, making the changes when you're supposed to make the damn changes. That's what I'm talking about. Ultimately bringing this guy, giving Clint Kubiak and bringing the Kubiak offense into new Orleans. It is a positive. It's going to take some time because, um, the Saints, offensively speaking, have had the same system for years. Perhaps it's gotten a bit stale, but that's all they know. That's how they run. And they have some similarities there, you know, with the system. But outside of that, it's a, it's a new system that guys, established guys like a Kamara and all these other guys are going to have to learn, and that's going to take some time. How much time? I don't know. But in the end, it took Derek Carr almost the entire NFL season before he even looked decently consistent consistently at the back end of the season. It was totally ridiculous. But like I said, man, these are, to me, that's why I disrespect them so, because these people don't even know. You know, like, for instance, we got a guy, a general mismanager, that doesn't even have dialogue with the players, and he's supposed to be a guy that they can talk to about certain things. If they don't agree upon what the coach is doing, his is supposed to open. He acts as a mediator between the two to make each other happy. So if there is a beef inside of the Saints locker room to protect it from going outside of the locker room, the conversation should be to the players. If there is an issue and you can't um, schmooze it out with your head coach, c- my door is open. Come and talk to me. We'll make we you know, Jodecy, You know, come <laughs> come talk to me. We'll get it together. We'll figure this thing out together. We'll make sure I'm Dennis's boss. You know, I'm you guys' boss, and we'll make it work. My door is open. Cat Terrell drop game. When she asked him the question, you're not involved with, you know, you don't have much to say to the players. Why are you giving, you know, she asked him why, but she asked him what was he saying in the speech at the end of the year? And why should I care if I'm a player? You don't talk to me. You don't talk to me during the season. Your goddamn door is closed. Why should I care about some piddling speech you're giving at the end of the year? And that's why I'm talking about when we're dealing with these people. That's the problem. So I will not be fooled. And it's like I said, I won't be fooled by the moves that they make because the underlying issue is their management style. It's a failing one. You have to act when the time is right to act. And if you're not, you're wasting time, man. So anyway, let's move on to the next one. Here five things you should know about Clint Kubiak and the Saints' next offensive coordinator. Shout out to NOLA.com. For the Saints have decided to hire San Francisco 49ers passing game coordinator Clint Kubiak, the team's new offensive coordinator. According to Times, Kubiak and and the 49ers will play in the Super Bowl and meaning he won't be available to begin with the Saints until after February the 11th game in Las Vegas. The 36-year-old Kubiak was on a list of candidates the Saints interviewed after the team fired longtime assistant Pete. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just out by Granger for the ones who get it done. Carmichael, in January, here's a couple of things that um, the reporter did divulge on uh, to tell you about to give a little insight on who Clint Kubiak is and his pedigree. He's the uh, son of former NFL quarterback and head coach Gary Kubiak. He brings a unique level of knowledge of the league for someone still in his 30s. Kubiak, the father, Gary Kubiak, 62, was successful head coach for both the Texans and the Broncos. In 2015, he led the Broncos to the Super Bowl title with Peyton Manning as the quarterback. He was the Texans head coach for eight seasons, leading them to the playoffs twice. His career record was 82 and 75. Backup quarterback for the Broncos in nine seasons, Gary Kubiak served as John Elway's understudy. He made only five stars in the NFL, completing just under 59%, just over 1,900 yards, 14 touchdowns, and 16 against 16 interceptions. The father and son worked together for one season, 2016 in Denver, for two years on the Minnesota Vikings staff. Clint has two older brothers in the NFL Clay is an assistant quarterbacks coach for the 49ers, and Klein. Works for the Cowboys as a scout, so you have Clint, Klein, and Clay. <laughs> dude, dude was stuck on K like a mug, right? You got Clint, Klein, and Clay. Good, good grief! I right, Clint. Kubiak brings offensive coordinator experience after serving in the role of the quarterbacks coach for the Vikings. 2019-2020, Kubiak was elevated to the offensive coordinator in the 21 season following the retirement of his father from the Vikings staff. During Kubiak's season as an offensive coordinator for the Vikings, the team's offense ranked 12th in in total offense. 11th in passing game offense, fourth in scoring. Kubiak left the Broncos after Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer was fired following an eight-year run in Minneapolis. Kent Kubiak found success with the Niners after working one year as a passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach with the Broncos. He was hired as a passing game coordinator by Kyle in San Francisco. Kubiak's one season with the 49ers has been a successful one. With QB Brock Purdy putting together a strong campaign, the 49ers led the NFL in yards per attempt. 9.3 9.3 in passer rating at 110.2. The team tied with the Dolphins for the most touchdown scored this season at 61. Pretty good. Clint got an early start in the NFL at the age of 25. Kubiak got his first coaching opportunity in the NFL as an offensive quality coach for the for the Vikings in 2020, uh, 2013 and 2014. An impressive leap for Kubiak, I consider his only prior experience, was an offensive quality coach at Texas A&M in tw- from 2020-2011 and one year stand as a graduate assistant for the Aggies in 2012. That's what will happen for you if your father is a head coach in the NFL and he was a backup head coach, a backup quarterback with John Elway. He has some pull and stroke where his son, normally for regular folks, would have to earn their up not so much if you're... The son of Gary Kubiak, you can leap a few more spots more than other cat guys who don't have that pedigree, it's such such as the world, right? So anyway, Kubiak didn't work for one year as a wide receivers coach at Kansas before making the climb back to the NFL as a member of his father's staff in 2016. That boy, I tell you what, he don't go too far. From Pops, Clint Kubiak also played football at a high level, which he, well, while he didn't make it to the NFL like his father, Kubiak was one of Colorado State's top defensive players at safety during his time from 05 to 09. So he does understand defenses. If he's an offensive minded person, having that experience as a defensive player and then having the offensive experience definitely helps you out. Kubiak was named a team captain during the senior season and earned an invite to the East West Shrine game over five seasons at Colorado state. Kubiak registered 187 tackles, three interceptions and 34 games played. So he's a former DB that is now on the offensive side of the ball, which is actually pretty good for him as well. So anyway, let's keep it moving, man. That's a little bit about uh, Clint Kubiak and uh, five things and shout out to uh, McGee, Pat McGee over there at the, of nola.com all right so let's jump to the next topic and this is a shout out to brother bob and saints news network covered this one saints parting ways with offensive line coach doug marone this should have been something that's one of the first things the saints should have done uh, when they were cutting people loose i really think cody burns shouldn't have been cut but if anybody was listed as parting ways with, it should have been the offensive line coach. The offensive line was ghastly. It was horrible. It, it stunk. It was another one of the things that if you're a real head coach and you're paying attention to your team and you know what you're looking at, there should have been a change in the offensive line room of who, you know, different techniques, somebody should have been promoted. Same thing in the offensive room the uh, at the at at the play caller level. In terms of the offensive coordinator, you see it stinking. You've given you've given it mo- uh, weeks and sometimes in some cases it was months before uh, you've seen things just not gelling, losing the teams. You're not supposed to lose to half ass efforts, bad uh, play, you know, f- shake it up, do something different, move around. These people don't do that well, but they finally get it right with moving Doug Marone the body. Yeah, Doug Marone uh, blind, they can say, well, Q, the offensive line, such as so even when they were healthy, they didn't look right. Even when they were healthy, it didn't look right, man. It totally didn't look right. All right, so anyway, more changes coming with the Saints coaching staff amid reports that the team is parting ways with veteran assistant Nick Underhill of New Orleans. Uh, that football was the first to report on Saturday evening that Saints are parting ways with offensive line coach Doug Marone, getting him up out of here. So, all right, so that, that that's a positive for me. You know what I'm saying? So, Doug Marone, this the new the news comes on the heels of Friday reports that the Saints will be hiring San Francisco 49 to pass the game coordinator. Clint Kubiak is the new offensive coordinator for the next for uh, after next super after the Super Bowl. Marone, who's 59, just finished his second season in the second stint with the Saints. He was the offensive coordinator for the for Sean Payton's first staff in New Orleans back in 06, serving three years in that role. Over three seasons, the Saints twice ranked first in both total offensive yards and passing production while finished when the top five scoring offense twice. In, in 09, Marone left to become the head coach of Syracuse after four years there, he'd be head coach of the Buffalo Bills at a position he held for two seasons. The Jaguars brought him in as an offensive line coach in 2014, but he promoted to interim head coach in the closeout of 2015 and took over as a full-time head coach following the year now marone remained coach of the jacks for six seasons taking jacksonville to the 2018 afc championship game upon his dismissal in 2020 he was hired as an offensive line coach for the university of alabama the crimson tide finished 13 and 2 and 21 uh, losing only to georgia and sec championship and the national championship game and, and of course i'm not going to go through all of it but in 2022 marone was brought back by allen who took over the coaching ranks and he brought him in as the offensive line coach. And since his return, the saints has managed the since his return, the saints have managed fewer than 110 rushing yards per game and have ranked near the bottom of the NFL in rushing average that 3.6 per carry in 2023, ranked 31st in the NFL, poor pass protection, bordering abysmal at times also caused the offense to spin its wheels, but he, but yeah, but this was a constant thing throughout the entire NFL season. They never made any changes, which speaks to my point. These guys are not progressive-minded people. They are they're 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 dinosaur-minded, fossilized-minded people. Because you could, if you didn't see it with your eyes, and you're blind, and many times they are, you could see it with the stats. If you can't see it with your eyes, you can see it with the stats. It's hard to get it's hard to get away from the data. The data was showing the fact that the Saints offense was bad it was in terms of them running the football it was showing it was bad you can look you could put the tape on and see that the, that the team was stinking that they were awful that they were they were garbage in terms of them attempted to run the run the the ball they were pretty bad they were pathetic so i mean in the end uh, this is a good move it should have been it should have been one of the first moves they done but once again like i said we ain't really working with a true head coach man we're not really dealing with a true head coach right here so a quarterback sacked 73 times over 34 games under Doug Marone and were often under constant duress. Injuries and in the quarterback holding on to the ball too long were factors in this. However, the Saints were often completely helpless when dealing with inside twists, stunts, blitzes from opposing defenses. And another thing, your, car, your quarterback didn't do a good job of picking that stuff up either. Carr is supposed to see blitzes coming from different areas. He didn't see the blitzes and they were not disguised blitzes. They were very visible blitzes that he would look at and see and not adjust to. He didn't. And, and and like I said, he's, he's a big part of what went wrong too, because if you see guys blitzing, you're supposed to set up protections. You're supposed to point out what they need to do. And he, and oftentimes he didn't do that, you know, in that pre-snap game of things, he didn't do that. But anyway, Perhaps the biggest indictment against Marone was the lack of development from their young offensive lineman. Rookie fourth-round pick Nick DeBerry played 18 offensive snaps despite injuries and blocking issues up front. Starting right guard Cesar Ruiz, from former first-round pick, regressed badly. He really did. After following showing some promise the prior season, he did fall back into the hole. Now, whether he got paid and he just went down, I don't know. But there were plays where I was watching on the film when we were doing the – we was doing everything man. We was doing the, uh, the 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 all 22 film on Cesar Ruiz. and I was up uh, and I was just just really just upset how Cesar Ruiz didn't consistently do it and not only him but McCoy too. McCoy spent more ground and more so so much time on the ground. I thought he was a goddamn gardener. I thought he was he was land, doing landscape work. That's how much time McCoy spent on the green this past season. You know, and it was situations where they will pull out to make blocks and they would miss the blocks. They wouldn't block anybody or they don't know who to block. How? How is that even possible? But like I said, it was awful. and You could see it from the get go. All right. So in the most, most sorority's disappointment has been from offensive. Yeah. And then you talk about Trevor Penning. 2022 first round choice. Penning missed most of the rookie year with a foot injury, but was inserted as a starter coming into this year, showing zero progress. Penning was benched after just five games. He played only 13 snaps over 11 contests, getting surp- uh, surpassed on the depth chart by journeyman and career backups. upon point taken over the offensive coordinator, spy Kubiak and the saints would need to field positions at the offensive line, a wide receiver coach and running backs coach. Now let's address that right quick. The, Trevor Penning was buried on the team so far down, man. He him and him and the devil shaking hands. That's how buried, that's how far down Trevor Penning was. They had guys off the street that was playing at the tackle position. You took uh Irvin, uh, what's his name? Cam Irvin, who was buried on the practice squad and took him and elevated him over Trevor Penning at the right tackle position. The Saints didn't know what to do with Trevor Penning. And the reality is that Trevor Penning talked about. Early on, and we covered it that he had some type of issues confidence-wise. He reported, that was reported, we played that interview, that he was dealing with confidence issues. Why? Because he was placed at a position he shouldn't have been put at. He was put at a position that he should have been placed at. He shouldn't have been placed at the left at the left tackle position. I kept telling them people that he wasn't that type of guy, that he should have been at the left tackle position. He should have been at the right tackle position. Well, Ramcheck had they had to keep Ram at right tackle. Why? Because Ramcheck knee was bad, and I guess they didn't want to fully expose him to being at the left tackle position. So you fully expose the rookie with the with the with the future. And now that you said he was de- he was dealing with confidence issues and he was getting reps. All of a sudden he got no reps and he was buried on the active roster. You ain't even see him. So I mean, like I said, man. It was pathetic how they handle it. this guy should have been the guy the first guy that was fired. you can look at the statistics, you can look at the film, you can look at whatever you need to look at but it all started with the offensive line and if you can't protect and if you can't run the ball you will not win in the NFL and the Saints weren't consistent enough in that. so they finally makes the moves they every do everything late. And that's the problem with these damn people. They do everything so late. All right, so let's, let us let me give you an update on John Gruden's lawsuit family. John Gruden NFL lawsuits pushed back to July. We covered this uh, a couple of shows ago when we talked about what is the relationship, was going on with the Saints and John Gruden. Well, you got an, a bit of an update to give to you guys uh, from local Las Vegas, KVVU TV. Uh, Gruden NFL lawsuit pushed back to July. Oral arguments and contract interference and conspiracy lawsuits filed against the NFL by former Las Vegas Raiders coach John Grew will not be heard until at least July. So what we've seen early on was going on was just kind of early on onset of that. Now, most of that stuff's not going to take place until July. So Judge Joe Hardy Jr. made the ruling during a brief hearing in Clark County District Court on January the 30th. He scheduled a status check for the case for July the 30, the league wants the court to reverse the state uh, court's decision in 2022, uh, letting Gruden's proceed, uh, uh, letting Gruden's lawsuit proceed, and not to order it out of court talks that could be overseen by Goodell, which I don't want that to happen. See, these these are these are really Roger Goodell is really a piece of work because. He wants them, he wants to, and listen, the NFL has pulled, okay? They have billions of dollars. They pay off a lot of these politicians. They have these sweetheart deals going on, and they've been doing this type of stuff for years. So they have a stronghold here. That's why they can't, and a lot of part of it in Congress and the congressional s- setup, that they have a lot of pull there. That's why we don't see competing leagues here over here. They, they do the same. They, they create monopoly situations where they only dominantly there there should be a, another league professional league challenge in the NFL might not be as big, but it should be another league out there. And these monopoly situations sets up where they have the relationships where if you, if you get that guy over there sometime, I'm, we're not going to, we're going to kind of pull back some of our support on this thing that you got going on over here. See this gatekeeping shit, you know, that's, that's, that's what this is. But, At the end of the day, he wants them to reverse the decision. The pressure's on the court to reverse the decision to allow this to be heard in arbitration. And arbitration is in secret. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,